We made it to Christmas. <laughs> Rejoicing, relieved, more than ready for 2021. Also scarred, anxious, heartbroken. Yet here we are, gathered as best we can around the manger once more to behold the miracle that is God's love made real on earth. Merry Christmas. If you're like me, there's a part of you that tries to recapture the absolute joy of that one special Christmas you had in childhood. Or maybe your memory has combined a few of those childhood Christmases together into the best Christmas ever. And every year you wish you could feel that pure elation once more. For me, my best Christmas ever was the year 1972. I was six years old, living in Chicago, and we didn't have money for presents. But we did attend a celebration sponsored by the local fire station. They played holiday cartoons for us, fed us cookies and hot chocolate, and suddenly Santa Claus appeared with bags of gifts, and we got to pick one out and take it home. It was mayhem. Poor kids gone wild. <laughs> and when I opened up my present, it was a small, happy clown on a bicycle that you could wind up and it would ride around on its own. I loved that clown. I think it was my only gift that year, but it was more than enough. Even then, my creative wordsmithing was apparent, and I named him Clowny. Never tired of him. And it broke my heart when Billy Brinsky, the neighbor boy with a nervous system glitch that caused him to sometimes twitch uncontrollably, broke Clowney in his excitement to wind him up and play. If you're like me, there's a part of you that longs to recapture your own Clowney experience, that best Christmas ever. Maybe it'll be this year, or maybe it'll be this year, or this year, every year. But the truth is, what makes Christmas so poignant is that it rarely arrives with pure, unmitigated joy. There's often a shadow that offsets the happiness, a darkness that makes the flicker of the candle's flame that much more precious. It's even there in the holiday classics. Have you ever noticed that the theme of so many Christmas shows is not happy, happy, joy, joy? No, it's we made it through somehow. We did it. We're grateful. We rejoice anyway. When Charlie Brown is sent to buy the Christmas tree and returns with a pathetic twig, he is humiliated by the others and they think the pageant is ruined until they decide they can do something with it after all and as a group, decorate it into a thing of beauty. When the Who's of Whoville get their presents stolen by the Grinch, they step out of their homes on Christmas Day and sing Vahu Dore, Welcome Christmas Anyway. And the Grinch's heart grows to ten times its size. When the little drummer boy parumpa pum pums for the baby Jesus, 
playing out his desperation and rage at being left orphaned by those who killed his parents, the Christ child's loving gaze melts his anger. And his precious lamb, Baba, who had just been run over by a Roman chariot, returns to life and leaps into his arms. And when George Bailey is on that bridge about to commit suicide so his family can get the insurance money, events conspire to show him how much poorer the lives of those around him would have been without him. And he realizes that, in fact, it is a wonderful life. So he races home to find the entirety of Bedford Falls gathered in his living room. The folks he helped through all those years, the town that tethered him down and kept him from traveling the world, they have come together to save him from ruin with their own money and donations. Charlie Brown's humiliation, the Grinch's theft, the drummer boy's rage, George Bailey's despair. The sorrow and loss are there in each holiday classic. Yet they share a common theme of resilience in the face of disaster and of redemption through God's love made manifest in friendships, in family, and in community, and embodied in the Christ child at Christmas. That same theme of resilience in the face of disaster could be ours in the year 2020. Most icons of the nativity that you will see, if they're traditional and written, painted, by someone who is theologically astute, most icons of the nativity will include in the shadows or off to the side some form or shape of a cross in them, and sometimes even a crucifix, which is so strange, such an anomaly, to have this innocent babe lying in a manger while the instrument of his future death hovers in the background. One such example is this post-Byzantine nativity icon from the 15th century. Can you see the cross looming darkly over the child? You'll find it if you follow the dark arch that borders the image. The top of the cross breaks through the arch at top center. The whole cross looks like a blade suspended over the unsuspecting infant. And the cover art of yesterday's Christmas Eve bulletin, while not an icon, offers another example. This is a nativity panel from the Isenheim altarpiece painted by Matthias Grunewald in 1516. It's subtle, but you can see off to the side a door with a cross on it. If you zoomed in, you could almost see a body hanging from it, though I might be pushing it there. And notice the strange shadow to the right of the door, made by nothing we can see in the painting. It almost looks like the opening to an empty tomb. My point is this. In the midst of life, we are in death. And there's no such thing as pure, unadulterated joy. 
It only exists in nostalgic childhood memories viewed through a rose-colored scrim. Even at Christmas time, especially at Christmas time, we feel our losses more keenly. They are present like these crosses. How true for us, especially this Christmas, 2020. But that's what makes Christmas so poignant, so precious. If it were all candy canes and chocolate, we'd get stomach aches. Instead, joy is leavened with remembrance. Glee is tinged with sadness. And we are nourished and strengthened for the coming year. Maybe no joy is truly complete without acknowledging the suffering that preceded it, the birth pangs that brought life, the cross that brought salvation, our own sorrow and loss this past year that will bring new life. And these paintings and icons of the nativity remind us of this, of this. Redemption comes not only through Christ's birth, the incarnation. It also comes through his death and resurrection. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. At our online morning prayer service each day, we've been praying for my friend Melissa and for her husband Cliff. Melissa started a nonprofit 10 years ago called Project Pearls, a program that educates and feeds children and families who live literally in the trash heaps outside Manila in the Philippines. Melissa's husband, Cliff, was suddenly diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer in October. He'd been up at UCSF Hospital ever since, but he died last week. And you know, there's something about praying for someone's healing day after day for two months, even if you've never met them, that makes you care about them and feel closer to their struggle. We did get to know Cliff and Melissa in these past weeks through our prayers. And now we pray for Melissa in her grief and we pray for the repose of Cliff's soul. I want to show you the Christmas card Melissa sent out yesterday morning via text because it expresses a true message of Christmas. She writes, My Christmas is filled with sadness and it is wrapped in grief. But no matter how my life has changed in the last days and how it got more complicated, broken, exhausting, Christmas still matters more than ever. I still believe in the good. We still believe in the good. Merry Christmas, Melissa and Cliff. And they're wearing t-shirts that say, believe in the good. We need to stop looking for that clowny Christmas our best one ever. Instead, let us rejoice today that God loves us, that the baby Jesus was born for us, and that our resilient hearts 
can feel vulnerable, be hurt, yet still long for more love. Maybe the best Christmas ever is this one. After all the loss we've endured, loved ones dying, lives curtailed by enforced isolation, a nation and world in lockdown, natural disasters, protests against racism, and our own personal sorrows. After all that, we are here, together. We made it to the manger to look upon the Christ child once more. And some of us got to love someone so much that losing them can hurt as badly as it does. And some of us got to pray for others and to feel their prayers too. And some of us got to be lonely and depressed, which maybe helped us appreciate more the little joys in each day. The final lines of the poem, Sweet Darkness, by David White, go like this. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn. Anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. My Christmas wish for you is that you recognize what brings you alive and rejoice in it. Merry Christmas. God bless you.